KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. It's just a good conversation with somebody that you didn't know you were interested in. I'm Matt Leon, and this is One on One. Yeah, that, that was pretty surreal. I mean, to have the opportunity to play in front of friends and family like that, it never really occurred to me that that would be a reality in my career until it actually happened. To hit a game-winning grand slam in the ballpark where I grew up watching baseball games was was a pretty cool experience. That was special for me and, and for my family to you know kind of be there and share that with me. And our guest this week is former Westchester baseball star, current big leaguer with the Tampa Bay Rays, Joey Wendell. And Joey, thanks so much for taking the time. Hey, Matt, not a problem. Thanks for having me on. So as we're talking here, second week of February, uh, what is life like for you as far as getting ready for what looks like at this point is going to be a pretty full uh, Major League Baseball season? Yeah, well, I just uh, actually just got back from from working out. Um, we're at an indoor facility, not not far away. So I had to uh, to brush off the snow off the off the truck this morning and, and head on in. But uh, yeah, we're we're kind of gearing up here. We got about a week until we leave for spring training, and then uh, and then yeah, we'll get things rolling again in a hopefully uh, slightly more normal 2021 season. Yeah, 2020 was obviously a. a strange as something we've never gone through uh, it ended up being a shortened season you guys had a ton of success obviously get to the world series but what was the whole experience like was it kind of surreal to play in empty stadiums and and deal with situations you never had to deal with before yeah i mean it was certain certainly different um, i think we were all kind of uh just learning in real time there, there's obviously no precedent for you know what has happened uh in the past year with with covid but uh you know uh, for, for me, baseball was, you know, a comforting part of it. It was something that I know, something that felt normal. Playing in empty stadiums was different and unique. And playing with all the, the protocols and wearing the masks and everything was, you know, obviously different and strange. But I think as the season went on, we kind of um, got used to it and understood that, you know, if if we want to play baseball, if, if this is something that's a priority for us and there are certain things that we have to do off the field, um, sacrifices that we have to make to, to make the season happen. I think once, you know, guys kind of took that mentality to things that, uh, you know, that, that made it a lot easier. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, playing in the world series was uh, an unbelievable experience and, uh, obviously one that I'll never forget. And then having it be the, the shortened season, the COVID year just kind of makes it all that much more memorable. Was there a point you thought you guys weren't going to play? Uh, yeah, yeah, there was. I mean, you know, we were at home in June, and it was just like, we're we going to play or we're not. It, you know, it, it was just kind of going back and forth. And I, I did think at some point we were um, we were headed for just completely not at all having a season, which uh, you know w- would have been extremely disappointing for myself and and for so many others too. But uh, you know, thankfully that we we got a season in, and you know it felt like a, like a real postseason experience for, for me outside of there not being any fans, but just in terms of the, the competitive nature of it. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, there, there was at one point in time I thought, well, we weren't going to play. Thankful we did. So let's talk about your career. When you're growing up, is baseball always the, the top, the top choice when it comes to playing sports? Were you a kid that played whatever was in season? Uh, you know, where was your focus growing up? Yeah, a little bit of both. I mean, I have always been a baseball first guy. I have two older brothers that both played baseball. My dad was a baseball fan. He played in high school. Um, so it seemed like 
you know, in our household, baseball was kind of the first love for everybody. But on the flip side of that, I was the kind of kid who, who played whatever sport was in season. I mean, when I was, when I was really young, I played, played basketball uh, in the winter and then soccer in the fall. And, uh, and then once they moved those baskets up to 10 feet, I wasn't as much of a fan. So I, I picked up wrestling like, uh, like both of my brothers did as well. And then I continued to, to wrestle and play soccer all, all throughout high school. I mean, I played baseball, soccer, and, uh, and wrestling um, all through my senior year. And then, um, you know, had the opportunity to play baseball in college, which was, um, which was my goal and kind of what I knew all along that I would, you know, what I would like to do. When did that start to crystallize that it was what you wanted to do and also that you had the ability and the talent to make it happen? My oldest brother, Andy, played at, uh, at Villanova University, so I guess he would have graduated in high school at 2003. So when he went from, from high school to college and started to play play baseball, I think that was, for me, when I started thinking, you know, that, that's something that I would really like to do as well. Um, so I guess at the time, I was only 13, 12 or 13 years old, but, you know, and it's not that I had my heart set on, on going to a big big time division one school. But I think that's kind of when it planted the seed in my head, like, Oh, this would, this would be something to cool, cool to pursue and, and do at the next level. And, and at that age, I had such a passion for the game. I mean, I, I just love playing baseball. I, I was, you know, always undersized, but I feel like pretty talented. So it, uh, you know, it was something that during my junior and senior year in high school, I, you know, I, I sought out and that I, reached out to a handful of coaches and thankfully got the opportunity to play at Westchester. What was it about the game that just resonated with you so much? I don't know. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to pinpoint it. And I think, I think over the years it's probably changed. I mean, I just, I just love being out there. Um, I mean, I was, I was the kid when I was, when I was younger that I, I preferred to take, uh, take ground balls to batting practice. I just, I just love having ground balls hit at me and throwing them across the diamond. Um, I was just, you know, I have vivid memories of every, every member of my family doing that uh, helped me out like in our backyard or our front yard. I mean, my, my brothers used to hit me ground balls and they used to hit them so hard to me that like, if I miss one or if they hit a line drive, it would like roll all the way up to the house, which was a pretty good shot. So, so it was just something I love to do. And, and, you know, so, so practicing, it was never, like it was never something I had to force myself to do. It was just like, Oh, let's go play baseball. Like, yeah, of course. Why not? So when the choice for college, uh, why Westchester, did you want to stay relatively close to home? Were you just impressed with the program and were there are, were there any, what ifs? Did you come close to going anywhere else? Um, yeah, there was one, what if, um, I really had a, basically a, I recall it being a decision between uh, St. Joe's, which was actually where my middle brother was playing at the time, and then uh, and then Westchester. Um, I had had you know a small scholarship offer from both of those schools, and uh, I chose Westchester. Uh, they were they were coming off of I can't remember if it was a if they ended up going to the College World Series that year prior or if they were just you know just on the verge of going, but. I, I really like the idea of going there and having an opportunity to compete for a national championship and having the opportunity to, you know, to, to win 30, 40 games a year. And, you know, the, the difference between those two is Westchester's division two, St. Joe's division one. So, you know, that, that division one was kind of pulling me one way. And then the, um, the ability to potentially start as a freshman and win baseball games was, 
you know, kind of pulling me the other way. So I, um, you know, I, I feel as though I made the right decision. Um, I mean, I, I enjoyed every second of my experience at Westchester um, and I, I wouldn't change it for the world if I could. What was the transition like going from high school to college? Was it relatively seamless for you or do you remember at first uh, it took some getting used to? Yeah, I think uh, for anybody, it would take getting used to, you know, there's always this, uh, it's like fear of the unknown. Like, you know, you've been in high school and and you have, you know, some amount of success, but there's always this, you know, thought in the back of your mind, well, you know, this, this is high school pitching. So what, what's college like, is everybody so, so good there? Like, so I think there, you know, there was a little, uh, learning curve, obviously the speed of the game picks up, uh, pitchers are better. Everybody's a little bit better. You know, you're kind of getting the best uh, of the high school players, but, uh, but I, I feel like I adjusted pretty quickly and, and I really, um, you know, I recall as a freshman really enjoying the level of play because it felt like, you know, there were, there were a lot of people who were kind of used to playing the game at the speed I was used to playing the game at. So I remember that almost being refreshing and enjoying kind of the transition period from high school to college. And you guys had a ton of success at Westchester and it culminates your senior year uh, winning the the national championship. But take me into your, your senior year. Do you look around and think, you know, we're not just good. We've got a chance to be special. And that was Coach Prakniak's first year, correct? Sure, sure. Yeah. You know what? I I, I genuinely feel like all, all four of my years at Westchester, we had extremely talented baseball teams. I mean, I recall my freshman year, uh, we were going to uh, to the College World Series, and I was just thinking about what a talented lineup and, and roster that we had. Um, and, and we kind of had that similar feel going into my senior year, you know, we, we knew that we had a lot of guys coming back. We knew that we had some really good pitchers some young pitchers. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things that towards the playoffs, we just, we just got hot and it didn't seem like we could, we could lose a game if we tried. Um, and we just, we just carried that. And, and we had some clutch performances from, from, you know, guys all throughout our lineup. I mean, I remember Joe Gunkel was the, the superstar in the college world and however many scoreless innings it was. So we, uh, yeah, we, we really kind of uh, got hot towards the second half of the year and we're just able to continue that all the way through the College World Series. Was there a transition with the new coach, Coach uh, Jad Prakneck? Obviously, it wasn't a big deal because you guys – you know, won the national championship, but to have a coaching change your senior year, was it relatively seamless? Yeah, I recall um, everybody, you know, having a tremendous amount of respect for Jed and, and continued to, uh, to this day. Now that um, yeah, he's, he's moved on to Delaware, which, which we're all happy for him in that move. But uh, I mean, I don't recall him coming in and really trying to, to um, you know, change all that much or, or, or do too much. He he was a really good players coach, and I, I recall him being very good in game too in terms of the decisions that he made. And, and you know, we we all kind of just gelled together as a team. I mean, we had all for the majority been there for for forty years together, so we all we all knew each other very well. And I think he kind of saw that and recognized that from the get go. And uh, you know, I think his coaching style really enhanced, uh, you know, our ability to win games down the stretch. You talk about down the stretch how you almost couldn't lose if you wanted to. You lo- you win your last 12 games. So you basically mm-hmm. run the table in the postseason. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is that feeling like to, to get to the point where you're in the NCAA tournament, you're in the College World Series, and everything is just pointing in the same direction? I mean, it's one thing to win a national title. It's another thing to do it 
uh, basically, you know, w- without being touched. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's contagious. Things like that are, are contagious. You talk about hitting being contagious or pitching being contagious, and, and it really is. It's just, uh, you know, that, that confidence that, that we're going to somehow find a win the game kind of plays it's, plays back into itself, and, and that confidence then in turn allows you to play better. So, I mean, it was just one of those kind of one of those runs where it was like, you know, it was never in our mind that we were going to lose or it was never in our mind that we were going to give up runs or that we weren't going to score runs. It was just kind of the mentality that we had. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Do you remember the moment when – you kind of allowed yourself to think we're going to win the national championship. Like it's not a dream. It's not a goal. I mean, that this is, this is going to happen. I'm going to be a part of this. You know, I, I, I'm sure that that moment did happen. I can't specifically remember when it was, you know, when you're, you know, you're playing against Delta state in the championship game, you know, so when that, when you're in a situation like that, for me, I just uh, I think we won pretty handily. I can't even remember the exact score, but it was um, you just don't ever really let your guard down, especially in baseball. There's no time limit. There's no like you know point where you can say like yes, we're definitely going to win this game. So for for me, I just remember like you know the, that moment when we won and, and celebrating as a team, and that was kind of just like all right, like now now it's over. We we have done this. And what's it like to win? I mean. There are very few people that get to cap their college career in any sport with a victory. Even if you've had a wonderful season, mm-hmm. 98% of the seasons end with a loss in a championship game or a tournament. To mm-hmm. be able to go out like that, that's extraordinary. I mean, obviously you appreciated it then, but as you go older, get older, and you you kind of see how everything works, do you even have more of an appreciation of being able to do that? Yeah, I, I think I do. I mean, just in the sense that uh, that, that's something like that I was able to share with, you know, 30 other guys that with, with all those teammates that, that were on that team. And, uh, you know, we're, we're pretty close knit bunch for the most part. And a lot of us still keep in touch. So I think just kind of having that common thread between between all of us and just knowing just how much fun we had that year and how special that season was for all of us is is what makes it fun for me. So all along with this, you're obviously getting attention from big league scouts. How did you balance that? I mean, you know, obviously you're focused on the, the task at hand, but you also know that there's an opportunity beyond college that's becoming more and more uh, real. So how did you balance those two things uh, through that season? Yeah, I mean, you can't help but, you know, notice when you're playing and there's there's scouts in the stands or something like that. And uh, it certainly draws some of your attention. But, I mean, I forget exactly who it was that told me, but uh, some of the best advice that I got when I was going through that scouting process and, and the, you know, the, the pro, the interest from, from pro teams that – somebody just told me at some point you just you have to be the player that you're going to be you can't just you can't sit there and play for the scouts you can't sit there and try to impress you know each and every scout because you know when they're going to be there so at some point you just have to have to be the player that you're going to be so I just you know I think that really helped relax me and just allowed me to to kind of play my game and just not necessarily worry about who was in the stands but you know I, I knew the kind of player that that I was going to be I was going to play hard you know whether it was uh, a fall fall scrimmage that where nobody was there or whether it was the national championship game and there were 30 scouts in the stands you get drafted in the sixth round by the cleveland indians uh how did you handle 
the draft experience? Were you watching, paying attention, or did you go to the other end and try <laughs> just wait for the phone to ring and where however it falls, it falls? Yeah, I was I was more on the other end of that. I was actually fishing with a handful of buddies of mine, and uh, you know, I uh, I think probably a couple of days before the draft, I had an idea that I was going to be in the in the top ten rounds, but I wasn't I wasn't uh, you know one hundred percent sure, um, and I certainly didn't didn't see the Cleveland Indians coming. I mean, it, and that's uh, just from from talking to other guys and their draft stories. It seems like that's a lot of times how it works. It's, it's not necessarily the team that that has shown the most outward interest in you. It's the kind of team that you know swoops in at the last second to pick you up. And uh, yeah, I mean, I remember that. I remember that uh, that phone call and uh, getting that getting that call and telling me that they were going to draft me in the sixth round and they were calling to make sure that I was going to sign and this, that, and the other. Um, so it, it was a fun day for me and my family and my friends. And, you know, I, I ended up playing three years at Cleveland and, and just absolutely loving the organization, loving, you know, there's such good people in there. And uh, I ended up getting traded away, but I mean, there's, there's still people there who, you know, I attribute to a lot of my success too. And just, the, you know, that was kind of my first taste of professional baseball. So I'm, I'm thankful that I got drafted by them. Was there a point, I mean, cause you get drafted, it's not long after you've won the national championship. Did you hit a point? I mean, it's all great stuff. And I, but where you were just kind of emotionally spent, like, Oh my gosh, this is just, it's so it that's a lot for one guy to be processing, even though it's all good. It, it, did it overwhelm you at any point? You know, I don't, I don't recall being overwhelmed. I mean, I, I recall being like busy and having, you know, having a lot of things going on, but you know, it, it was all, it was all stuff to me that was like encouraging and fun. And like, it, it, I don't recall it being a, a huge stressor in my life. I mean, to, to win the national championship with some of your best friends. I mean, that's, that's something that, that guys dream about to have an opportunity like that. And then furthermore, within the same week to get drafted and, and go play professional baseball. I mean, this was stuff that I was excited about. And, you know, I, I didn't have this expectation that I was going to be a first round pick or I didn't, you know, I, I didn't really have um, these crazy lofty expectations in terms of the draft. So to me, just getting that opportunity was, was an exciting experience for me. And, and no, I don't really recall being uh, particularly overwhelming. So you go pro, and you really hit the ground running after you sign. You go to Mahoning Valley. You ended up, I think, hitting about three thirty uh, that first year. Do you remember the numbers would say it was a smooth transition, but was it a big adjustment getting used to uh, facing pro pitching and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, and and just the whole lifestyle in general. It, it's definitely an adjustment. I mean, I remember the first time that I – I went to the clubhouse in Mahoning Valley and like half of the team was speaking in Spanish. Uh, and I was just thinking, man, this was like, I didn't, I didn't see that aspect of it coming. And, um, you know, thankfully I, I have, you know, remember a little bit of Spanish from my high school days. So I was able to communicate with some of my teammates, but you know, the, the lifestyle is different. The, uh, the pace of play is different. And, uh, you know, there, there was a, a transition period. Thankfully I was able to have a good first year and kind of, uh, I guess put myself on the map in terms of a, being a prospect, but, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was definitely, there, there was a lot that I had to learn that year and then continue to learn throughout, you know, the next three or four years throughout the minor leagues. But, you know, like I said, transferring from high school to college, there's still kind of just that fear of that unknown. And, uh, you know, when you, when you find yourself in the minor league coming from college, there's just the, the fear of, well, 
man, the, the, you know, this is pro ball. Now these guys are throwing 95 miles an hour. And then, you know, and then you realize that you're at the, you're at the lowest level of minor league ball. So it was kind of like this, you know, this maybe questioning yourself or doubting yourself at times thinking like, well, you know, if you're doing great in single A, we'll just wait till you get to double A. Um, and a lot of times, you know, your, your mind can let you creep, but you can, you can think like that, um, which is obviously not very productive. You spend, you mentioned three great years in the Indians organization, then you get traded to Oakland. Uh, do you remember getting the call that you were being traded? And was that something that somebody had given you a heads up, Hey, this could happen. Or were you caught completely flat footed? No, no, I was, I was caught uh, flat footed as, as with my wife, you know, we were just recently married and trying to figure out where we were going to live. And, um, my wife was working at the time. So it was, you know, we were like, Oh, I, I guess this is something that can happen in this game. Um, so I was, we were caught pretty blindsided by that. And, uh, I do, I remember the call and just kind of that, you know, reset. Like I just, all I had known to that point was Cleveland Indians, Cleveland Indians. And then, uh, Within thirty minute phone call, I was a uh, I was an Oakland Athletic. But uh, did you look at it? You know, I would imagine pretty good opportunity with Oakland's minor league system, and you you go up to AAA. Did it take long for you to see that this is going to be a this has the potential to be a really good thing? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I remember at the time Cleveland had uh, you know Jason Kipnis and Jose Ramirez and Francisco Lador, like they had a almost a star studded infield that it didn't look like I was going to get regular, you know, playing time if I were to make it to the major league. So um, I viewed it as a good opportunity for me and my career. And uh, you know, that was kind of my mentality going into the 2015 season where I ended up starting in AAA. And I, I looked at it as, you know, they, they traded for me for a reason. So I, I was going to try to try to prove to them, uh, you know, what that reason was. Time for a break on one-on-one. We will have more with Joey Wendell right after this. Hey, everybody. It's Cherry Gregg here. You may know me around town as KYW News Radio's community affairs reporter. But every week, I produce and host Flashpoint, a podcast where we highlight the hot topics in Philadelphia, local newsmakers, and changemakers burning things up in our region. From gerrymandering to gender equality and policing in schools, we'll walk you through the flames on Flashpoint. It's available wherever you downloaded this podcast that you're listening to now. So subscribe. Thanks so much. And we are back on one-on-one. Our guest this week, former Westchester University baseball star Joey Wendell, now a member of the Tampa Bay Rays. You have a ton of success, incredibly consistent at AAA with uh, Nashville, with Oakland. And then you finally get the call, big league debut. Uh, How did you find out? Was it the stereotypical get called into the manager's office you're going to the big leagues how did you find out you were getting a chance yeah yeah pretty much it was uh it was pretty stereotypical like that i mean steve scarsoni was my manager at the time and you know he called me in and told me i think that they had uh traded away coco crisp and uh he said that that opens up an opportunity for you they're going to call you up for the major you know to, to get your your first start to playing in houston so uh, i i do remember that day and um I, I don't i don't know that i'll ever forget that that conversation or just um you know that that feeling of knowing that i was going to be a major leaguer and get the opportunity to play in the big leagues uh, it was special for for me and my wife and um you know my, my parents were able to make it out to houston you know on 24-hour notice so it um yeah that was that was a pretty special time i mean i remember my like I flew out and my wife 
stayed up all night packing up our apartment and flew out the next morning and uh, my parents, you know, kind of dropped everything and I met us out there in Houston, which, you know, I always say that that, that experience of, of people just kind of uh, going head over heels to try and, and be there and support me. It was just like a small little, uh, small little taste of how like kind of my whole career has been and just the support that I've had. And it seems like people like that are close to me and that love me and, have supported me throughout my whole career, just have been doing that for, you know, 20 years. But, you know, it wasn't until I was a major leaguer when they kind of kind of had to drop everything and literally fly out on the first flight they could get. So it was a, it was a pretty cool experience for me. How long did it take for it to feel real? Because you mentioned so many moving parts with everybody finding out and coming and you're traveling and getting ready. And, oh, by the way, you're going to start. Like, how long did it take for you to – take a half a second and you're like, Oh my goodness, I'm a big leaguer and I've got to face Mike fires tonight. Uh, yeah. I mean, it felt pretty real when I took the field for that first time. I remember being, being pretty nervous playing uh, um, indoors at, at, uh, at Minute Maid Park. And, and that was a, uh, I mean, I remember the first ball that went to me being, being more nervous in the field than I was hitting. And I remember like first, first ball was like a pop-up that came to me and I, I uh, I remember looking up and the first thing I saw was the roof. I was like, oh, I, I wasn't expecting that. I don't even think I had noticed that we were playing inside. And uh, I thought it was going to be one of those pop-ups that landed right on the mound. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to take charge of this ball. I'm going to, I'm going to get it. I'm going to you know, call everybody off it. And that's exactly what I did. And I went all the way to the mound and I look up and the ball's about 15 feet behind me. So I have to, to backpedal and make a, you know, a circus style catch. Um, that was my first first put out at the major league level and I think that actually kind of helped me I was I was able to kind of laugh that one off and and take some of the nerves out of things but uh but yeah I, I recall it being real like the moment I took the field <laughs> you you scored a run in that game you got on base I think you reached on an error like your first mm-hmm. your first at bat mm-hmm. you get your first hit yeah. a couple days later uh pinch hitter against Joe Kelly do you remember the whole at bat or is it a blur I I don't remember the whole about. I mean, I know it was a fastball hit. I think it was early in the count. Although, I I will say I do think that my first at bat was a hit, and they, and they they gave it an error. I appealed it, but they still gave it an error. So, you know, I'm a little bitter about that, but uh, it's okay. I was able to get. I think it was my fifth at bat. I got a hit off of Joe Kelly. So, uh, so yeah, I I I do recall. I mean, you know, I know it was a line drive to left center field, and I thought for a second I was gonna try to stretch it into a double, but I you know I think we were down by about. 10 or 11 runs at the time. So I decided that I wouldn't. So you play, you basically play every day for that final month of the season. Uh, and you, you do what you do. You hit You're steady, you know, how are you feeling at the end of that year? You, you, you had a great year at AAA. You got the, the chance to break through and you produced, how are you feeling, you know, at the end of 2016? Yeah. I remember, I remember feeling encouraged and, uh, you know, not necessarily that I came up to the major leagues and absolutely killed it for a month, but I had gotten my feet wet and I knew uh, kind of in my head, like this is, this is a level that I can play at. It's very difficult. It's very challenging The you know, the, the level of competition is, is very, very high, but I, I felt confident, you know, leaving that year that that, I, that was something that I could do. You know, it was, I was no longer an outsider looking in. I was somebody who had been there and done that. And, and even in that short month, I had had the opportunity to kind of, um, you know, get hot, cool off, and then 
like settle back in towards the end of the season. So I think there was a lot that I learned in that. Um, but also I knew that I, I still had a lot of work that, you know, to do in order to be a, a, an everyday regular major league baseball player. Where was that work in, in your own opinion? Where did you think you needed to push the bar even higher? Yeah. I mean, I remember thinking offensively that, that there were, there were opportunities that I left out there as a, you know, my, those first hundred at bats I've taken advantage of, you know, hitter, hitter friendly counts and, um, you know, plate discipline is, is an area for me that is always a, a point of, uh, you know, needed improvement and uh, just, just offensively playing up to the speed of the game and, and kind of just, just getting used to it um, and, and getting a feel for, for the major leagues and kind of what that entailed. And, and you know, for me, the biggest difference, just the, the pitcher's abilities to, um, you know, to form a plan and then execute that plan. So, you know, with a hundred at bats under my belt, nobody knows who Joey Wendell is and I'm getting, you know, kind of, uh, I don't want to say that they don't think that I'm a dangerous hitter, but because, you know, in the major leagues, anybody potentially can, but you know, guys aren't, aren't pitching around me uh, as a, as a rookie hitting lead off for the Oakland athletics. I mean, it was just kind of, let's, let's see what this guy can do. So I knew there was going to be some adjustments back to, you know, if I got the opportunity to play every day again, that, that you know, there would be more adjustments that I would have to make as the years go on. 2017, you, you spend much of the season in triple A again. Was there any, how difficult, I guess, would be the question once you've tasted the big leagues to 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 go back to AAA for an extended period like that? Was there frustration or did you take it? Let's work on these things that I know I want to work on. I mean, a little bit of both. You know, I, I would never um, I, I don't think that that period of time is is unique to me. Um, that There's so many guys who who spend years kind of in that up and down role and they're kind of a fringe or a four a player, you know, however, however people would call it. And, you know, I remember that year, I think, uh, Jed Lowry was at second and he had a great year. And then, um, there was a couple guys, you know, from AAA that had been shuttling back and forth. I remember Max Muncy and Chad Pinder and, you know, guys who, gosh, I'm still, still really good friends with both of them, you know, kind of getting some opportunities. And then I got a, a little opportunity in September. I got called up again, but yeah, I, I do recall, I mean, thinking to myself that after 2016, like I felt like that was a level that I, that I could play at. But on the flip side of that, I, I feel like I could have also played better in AAA and earned that promotion, you know, by, by myself and kind of forced the issue. And I, I never really feel like I did that in, in 2017. So, so yeah, that was a, you know, I guess kind of a transition period for me. And, uh, you know, you see so many players go through that. Well, when you did come up in September, 2017, you, hit your second career home run, Grand Salami, at Citizens Bank Park against the Phillies. It's a go-ahead home run in the sixth inning. It ends <laughs> up being the game winner off of Dubre Ramos. Uh, what was that whole experience like, getting to play at Citizens Bank Park? I know you played there a little bit during your Westchester mm-hmm. days at Carpenter Cup and such, but to, mm-hmm. to be a major leaguer in Philadelphia, oh, by the way, hitting a Grand Slam. <laughs> yeah, that that was pretty surreal. I mean, it, to, to have the opportunity to play in front of friends and family like that is um, one that you like. You really only like like would dream about something like that. I mean, uh, I, just like it never really occurred to me that that would be a reality in my career until you know until it actually happened. And um, you know, to, to to hit a grand slam and and you know, hit a game winning grand slam in the in the ballpark where. 
I grew up watching baseball games was was a pretty cool experience. It, it, uh, that was that was special for me and and for my family to you know kind of be there and share that with me. And I think in researching it, I'm sure you're probably realize this, but you realize you've homered on September 17th in three of the five years you've been in the big leagues. And, uh, I actually I knew it was uh, two, but I didn't know it was three. I think maybe you did I did it this past season as well. I think it was a no double header. So Joey Wendell, fun fact for you. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so you you make an impression again, and then you get traded again in the off season to Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did this feel as opposed to the first time you're traded? I'm guessing you're a little more grizzled, a little bit more. This is a business. How did you approach the, mm-hmm. and do you look at it as, Hey, this could be a great opportunity for me. Yeah, I, I didn't know. I, um, so I had gotten designated for assignment by the athletics, basically that they needed a, a roster spot quickly. And I was the, I, you know, I was the guy who they viewed as their, their 40th or 39th or however many guys were on the roster at that time. So, so that was not as comforting of a feeling as when I had gotten traded uh, from Cleveland to Oakland, but it was, um, you know, a, a little bit more unsettling. I remember they called and told me that I had been designated for assignment and that I was good. They thought that they were going to be able to work out a trade for me. They closed my phone. They'll find out in the next 24 hours. Well, I call it was probably about three days later that I had actually gotten that phone call. So that was a, a strange three days for me. And I had found I've been traded to the Tampa Bay Rays. So, you know, when, when you, when you're thinking about that, you're trying to figure out where it is you might get traded. Like, you know, there's 30 teams, you know, am I headed, uh, you know, back out West to, to the West coast? Am I going East coast? Am I going North South? So it, uh, you know, there, there was a lot of unknowns. And then when I saw that it was Tampa Bay, um, you know, like I said before, like you go from Cleveland Indians to an Oakland athletic in five minutes, like we went from an Oakland athletic to a Tampa Bay Ray. And, um, I recall going into spring training, not, uh, fully sure of what, what was going to come of this. I was, um, you know, I think it was kind of like me and there was, it was two other second basemen that were almost just competing for that spot in spring training. They were kind of just doing a, a little tryout. And, uh, you know, thankfully I was able to make the opening day roster and kind of carve out a little role for myself as I was playing second when right-handed pitchers were throwing and get pretty consistent at bats throughout that 2018 season. But, uh, you know, I remember thinking that going into that year, you know, I I could easily be the 40th guy on this roster as well and kind of uh, wind up in a DFA limbo, you know, going from team to team or, you know, or I could end up making a team. It was just something that I wasn't, uh, wasn't really sure about. Was there a point during that season? Cause you have a fantastic year i think you finished fourth in the rookie of the year voting do you remember a point and i don't want to say where you feel like you've arrived because i know the success at this level is very fragile and you can't ever think mm-hmm. but was there a point where you started to feel comfortable that i can do this at this level they appreciate that i can do this and mm-hmm. i've got a spot here yes and no i mean like you said um success can be so fleeting in this game and it, and it's so humbling. And I think so often that, you know, the moment you feel like you've, you've got it and that you're a, you know, you're a big leaguer and you know, you're, you establish yourself, then you go into a slump and you start to doubt yourself for like, well, maybe, you know, I, I could find myself in AAA really quickly. So I, you know, there is that, uh, you know, you, you never quite fully know, but I, I have always felt as though um, Tampa Bay as an organization has really, really valued uh, a lot of the parts of my game and, I remember one of the first conversations I had with our general manager and he was 
um, just just telling me that one of the reasons they, they went out and traded for me was because that you know they think I'm a good defensive player and they 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 really valued uh, me on that side of the ball, which was something um, that I had always felt I'd been a solid defensive player, but wasn't necessarily something that that somebody had told me that, a reason that they valued me because of. So um, that that gave me a lot of confidence, and um, you know, at times when I wasn't hitting during that year, it really gave me an area to focus on, and and I always went back to that conversation frequently, and remember thinking, okay, like you know, you just play play clean defense, play hard, do what you can at the plate, and, and that really took a lot of pressure off of me. So. Um, I think that the second half of that year, I started to get more consistent at bats and I was starting to play against right-handers and left-handers and, and I got hot for, for a while there. And, uh, you know, I think that that kind of, you know, as I was describing that, that positive feedback and how confidence can lead to better play. I think that's kind of what I experienced in that, in that rookie year of mine. And uh, it gave me a lot of confidence going into, uh, you know, going into the 2019 season and, and for the rest of my career so far. I know in 2019 you had to battle. I think you had a couple different injuries. You had a hamstring issue, and then you, mm-hmm. you had the wrist injury. Were those mm-hmm. the first really kind of extended injuries you've had to deal with? Uh, you know, I had had some injuries in the minor leagues. I, I got uh, I had hamate surgery, which is you know a, a wrist hand injury, uh, very common among baseball players. I I broke a muscle or a bone in my face uh, getting hit by a ball. Um, but but yeah, I mean those that was probably you know in terms of you know, injury, that was the, that was the hardest, most difficult year that I've had. And, you know, the hamstring injury was kind of, uh, it wasn't, I was running, it was a strange tag play that kind of just caught me in a funny position. And then the, the, uh, you know, the wrist was, I, I got hit in the wrist by a 96 mile an hour fastball. It was, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, other than have quicker reflexes, wasn't much I could do about that one either. So, so yeah, that, that injury was, um, that one was difficult to overcome and I'm not sure that I ever really did, um, in that year. It was, you know, I called feeling okay. And then, you know, I ended up going back on the, the injured list because of that injury a couple of weeks after I had come back the first time. But yeah, you come back in 2020, we talk about shortened and you have a very, once again, very consistent season and it ends, you know, with you guys getting to the world series. How big was it for you to, for 2020 to, to come back healthy and come back and play consistently at the level that you've proven you can do. Sure. I mean, that was a, you know, a, a confidence booster for me. You want to prove that, you know, your 2018 season wasn't, wasn't a flash in the pan that you weren't just kind of a one hit wonder, but kind of reestablish yourself as somebody that, you know, can, can have some ups, have some downs, but, you know, overall remain a, a consistent player and somebody that the team can count on for, you know, offensive production as well as defensive stability. So, uh, you know, it, it was, it was a big year for me and that, you know, allows me to be confident in my ability. And, uh, you know, I, I feel really good going into this year health wise. So, you know, and I'm, I'm looking to have a season closer to, to 2018 and 2020, um, as opposed to my uh, kind of down year there in 2019. You've accomplished a lot as a baseball player. If I ask you, what is the the most special moment for you from your career so far from high school like on what is if i ask you what does your baseball career mean to you what's the first memory that probably comes to the to mind i mean the, the memories that come to mind are, are to me are like the, the team ones i mean they're they're winning the college world series in 2012 it's it's making the playoffs in 2019 it's winning the american league pennant in 2020 i mean it's those teams that those experiences that you can share with other people to me that are 
are special. I mean, getting called up is something that I'll never forget. Hitting a grand slam in Philadelphia is something I'll never forget. But you know, the the the, the moments that, that really stick out to me and the ones that you know I have pictures in my house of are, are of us winning the winning the you know the American League pennant or, or doing something fun as a team. To me, those are you know kind of what what it's all about. Do you ever have moments walking into a stadium or getting off a bus or whatever where you're just like? Man, I'm a big league baseball player. Yeah, I mean, all the time, <laughs> all the time. I mean, I, you know, I, I think in order to perform at your highest level, there has to be some point where, where you're comfortable with that. You're comfortable, you know, going into a major league stadium and 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 just playing and, and shutting out all the noise. But I, I think there's also times that you know where where you need to be able to appreciate. You know, this isn't something everybody gets an opportunity to do. And I'm thankful, and I feel extremely blessed every single day. I, I I get to go into a major league stadium. I mean, I play with a lot of guys who are extremely talented and a lot of them have been doing this for so long. I know that, you know, it almost seems like more of a job, but I, I, I genuinely love the game of baseball. I, I have a passion for the game and for, for, you know, playing it and teaching it and talking about it. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I do. I, I truly feel blessed every time I get to, you know, to walk into a, a stadium and, you know, look up at the bleachers and hopefully this year, look up at the fans and think to myself, wow, like this, this is pretty special. Don't, don't, uh, you know, don't, don't become numb to this. Joey Wendell. Thanks so much for taking the time. This was great. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Matt. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on. And that will do it for this week's episode. Want to thank Joey Wendell for being our guest this week. If you like the show and you want to help us out, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and a review. Now, you can follow the show on Twitter at one-on-one-pod. You can follow me on Twitter as well at MattLeon1060. Thanks so much for listening and tune in again next week when we bring you another conversation with someone you should know more about.